Hello everyone, thank you so much for joining me on the Hope for Today broadcast. I'm your host, Doran Wengert, founder of Wengert Ministries, where we are delivering hope to every heart. Now, if you've been impacted by any of these messages and you'd like to partner with us, please text the word GIVE to 844-333-7227, or you can go to wengertministries.org and click GIVE. I'd like to invite you to become a monthly partner with us. By doing that, you enable us to spread the message of the gospel around the world. Uh, we're getting ready to head to Kenya, Africa for Awakening Fire. And uh, I'd also like to ask you to pray for us as we do that. Uh, we are so grateful for those of you who've already joined us and uh, looking forward to connecting with many, many more of you. Today I'm in introducing a new uh, series called Childlike Worship. And if you missed the, the messages called Encountering God, I'd like to just tell you, go back and, and listen to those, allow the Lord to speak to you through those. Uh, but now uh, we're going to start a new series, and these messages are excerpts from uh, messages that I have been preaching just recently overseas, and uh, so we've taken the audio from them. We don't have the video, but we've uh, taken the audio and produced uh, podcast size clips. So I'd like to invite you, join us as we learn about childlike worship. Well, I do want to say thanks so much to all of you. Maybe for those of you joining us for the first time, uh, welcome. And uh, God wants to reveal something special to you today. If you've been joining us for a while, it's good to be back with you again. Uh, today, uh, I want to talk about hearing God's voice and responding to Him. Now, this message is called Childlike Worship. And I don't know how many of you are parents, but every one of us have experienced a father or mother figure in our lives at some point. Even if your experience was not perfect, you were born with something in your heart that uh, represents the, the proper relationship that a child should have with his or her parents. This comes from a built-in expectation in our hearts by God, as a desire to connect with Him. Even other religions around the world come from this desire to connect with God. They may be misguided and even doing evil practices, but they are trying to fill the void in their heart. And this is a void that only God the Father can fill. Now, the last time we met, I talked about encountering God's presence. And that is really where the true relationship begins to blossom. Now, hopefully you've been encountering Him more and more. So, what is the right response to Yahweh as we begin to encounter Him? What do you say to Him when He does fulfill His promise and begin to manifest Himself to you? You see, there's a lot of wishing and hoping that people talk about when they describe finally going to heaven. Now, the church has presented this as a far-off reality that will only happen when you die and leave your mortal body for good. What I want to show you is that you can experience a full connection with God now in this body and here while you're alive on this earth. Now, don't let anyone convince you that this is not possible. They are probably still thinking of God as some unreachable, far-off deity. And they think of Him as 
disconnected and, and aloof from humans. Remember, Jesus himself became human. And he did this so that he would be able to see the world from our eyes. But he also wants us to see ourselves in him. And he wants us to believe that we can know the Father just as he does. Now, the more that I connect with him as the human Jesus, in the presence of the Holy Spirit, the more I can see him actively every day of my life. He is involved in every situation I find myself in. Now, I don't think most people have fully realized how true these realities actually are. We go about our lives as if we are on our own. And then we invite him to have a cup of tea with us every once in a while. But this type of experiencing God couldn't be much further from the truth of what he wants for us. He doesn't want to just pop into your life every so often. It's not like he uh, has to go check on other people and so he can ignore you. If you will allow it and will exercise your faith toward it, he wants there to be no separation between your thoughts and his. Now, as I go about my day, I can very easily distinguish if the thoughts I have are from me or from him. But the conversational flow of dialogue is constantly available to me. But it's only available if my heart posture is toward him. So I want to talk about being childlike. And this really is a continuation of what we talked about last time. But encountering God's presence is only the beginning. How do you really get to know him? How do you keep your heart posture toward him? How did Jesus describe coming to the Father? I'd like to read, um, see if I can find, here we go. I'd like to read Matthew 18, 1 through 5. So Matthew 18, 1. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus saying, Who then is greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Then Jesus called a little child to him, set him in the midst of them, and said, Assuredly, I say to you, unless you are converted and become as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever receives one little child like this in my name receives me. Now, did you notice in verse 3 what he said? He said, you must become as little children in order to enter the kingdom of heaven. Is he only talking about when you die? Is the kingdom of heaven only in the afterlife? And I'll just tell you, the answer to both of these questions is no. Jesus said multiple times, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He was telling them that the kingdom of heaven is as close as holding your hand in front of your face. Jesus was trying to instruct his disciples how to enter the kingdom of heaven. But he was telling them, you can do it right here and right now. So if it was possible for them at that time, that was even before he died and rose again. What about now with him living inside of us? So what is it that has been keeping people from entering the kingdom of heaven? What has kept people from experiencing the presence of God for thousands of years? Now, I don't know if this describes it perfectly, but I'd say one word that I would use is logic. Logical thinking has been a major trap for many, many people. We grow up and begin to make decisions as adults, 
And then we automatically assume that that is the way to experience God. Now, if there's anything that we should have learned by now, it's that God does not follow the expectations of people in the laws of the kingdom. How many times do we find our expectations of something when we think only in natural terms? And you, you go to the kingdom of God and it just doesn't seem to apply there. So, thinking of the word logic, we could use uh, what Jesus said, and he called it the wisdom of men. Let's look at Matthew eleven twenty five. He said, uh, At that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent and have revealed them to infants. He then actually speaks to anyone who uh, ha has been trying and trying to get to know the Father by self-effort. Look at the verses right after that in Matthew eleven twenty-seven to 30. He says, All things have been delivered to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father. Nor does anyone know the Father except the Son, and the one to whom the Son wills to reveal him. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Now how often do we find ourselves with a desire to know the Father, but somehow unable to truly worship Him in freedom? See, Jesus was saying, this is simple. When I've read these verses before, I've thought of it as just working hard, or that Jesus was talking about laboring. But I think he's saying the, the burden of our hearts. Because he says, take my yoke upon you, and you will find rest for your souls. Jesus was trying to tell them, this is not complicated. In uh, Ted Decker's book, The Forgotten Way, uh, he says, our problem isn't that we know too little, it's that we know far too much. He also says, think of an infant, newly born. Is he not still completely dependent on his mother, even still united with her? It is now known that for the first year of infants' lives, they do not see themselves as distinct from their mother. They have no sense of separation or unique identity apart from their mother. The two are one. Now this is how we are to know the Father. We are not connected in logical thinking, but as hearts united without any separation. Instead of thinking of God as somewhere far off in the universe, or maybe you think of Him only uh, available in a worship service somewhere, the result is we only look for Him at certain times or places. But when we think of how an infant sees his mother, we can begin to see how we are connected with God. But this childlike approach to God is also what has been the most misunderstood by those who have not been born again. But how could they truly understand? Their understanding is darkened. They have only questions and no real answers. The only way for answers to come is when their spirit connection to God is reestablished. This is why faith is so important. Faith comes by hearing the Word of God. 
And it is that faith which empowers a person to be born again. Now the technical way to say it is faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But the result is always the same when a person's heart turns toward God in faith. When a person is truly born again by faith with a childlike heart connection to God, there is only one natural response. That response is worship. So what is worship? It comes from a very simple response that we, we have toward God, but we are not alone in that. All of creation worships God. Have you ever heard the night sounds of, uh, you know, crickets and bugs and, and sounds in the night? Have you ever had uh, the experience of just enjoying the song of the birds? Even the trees clap their hands. See, we worship Him in everything. So I ask already, what is worship? But more importantly, what is childlike worship? Now I titled the message today, Childlike Worship, because I really think this has been a roadblock to people. To be able to truly understand what worship is designed for. We have people and services and full events focused on worship. And I'm not saying that those are completely uh, unnecessary or ineffective. But there are times that I would question their uh, ability to really get people connected with God. So often we, we come to God as professionals and as adults. But God wants us to come to Him as children. Remember, God's heart toward us is as a father and that we would be able to know Him. And it's really so that we can have access to His goodness. God has shown us in Psalms how King David lived with his heart full of worship. And I could, I could pick examples all over the Psalms. But this was the very secret to David's life. I'd like to read Psalm 100 verses 1 through 5. Psalm 100 verse 1. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who has made us, and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving, and into His courts with praise. Be thankful to Him, and bless His name. For the Lord is good, His mercy is everlasting, and His truth endures to all generations. Amen to that. I tend to think that most people would, would read this and simply think of it as a nice idea. They'd say, well, that's nice. It's, it, it's nice to live that way. But how practical is it in reality? When I think of David coming before the Lord, I realize that much of his experience happened out in the, in the desert. David was taught by the Holy Spirit. Why did he say, we are his people and the sheep of his pasture? Because David was out in the pasture tending the sheep. He was constantly reminded of things by the Holy Spirit. And he was being shown that this is the way of life in God's kingdom. And the reason for this is that we were created for worship. We were created for singing from the very beginning. The kingdom of God is, is uh, instead of the quiet reverence that we sometimes think of, the kingdom of God is loud and boisterous and full of life. Now, I'm not saying that there are not times when we are reverent and quiet before the Lord. 
But if that's the only experience you've ever had, you need to experience the life that comes from being childlike. 